Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Thursday, October the twelfth edition, a special edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, brought to you by MyBookie.ag. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, as I mentioned, a special edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, we are talking all things Miami Dolphins at Atlanta Falcons, the week six matchup, Dolphins two and two, defending NFC champion Atlanta Falcons at three and one. I am going to be joined by Aaron Freeman of the Lockdown Falcons podcast to preview this game. Also, I speculate about personnel and formational changes that the Dolphins could make in order to improve this offensive production that has been so bad through the first four games. But first, as you guys know, I have to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. Those subscriptions, ratings, reviews are how podcasters are judged. The more we get, you guys know the drill. The higher up the iTunes chart we go, the more it exposes us to more Dolphins, and it helps the show continue to grow, and we really 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 appreciate all that support also don't forget to check out the other lockdown sports family of podcasts including the lockdown nfl podcast and the lockdown heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams across all sports lastly follow me on twitter at wingfield nfl follow the show at lockdown fins check out the lockdowndolphins.com website new piece on charles harris coming out here shortly by mike jasterbisky and check out my website third and 10.com week five quarterback grades coming up here very very shortly And of course, speaking of grades as well as reviews on the podcast, ProFootballFocus.com is giving every listener of the show an opportunity to win a free PFF Edge subscription. ProFootballFocus.com is the premier website when it comes to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks. If you watch the games on Sunday night on NBC, the stats across the bottom of the page on the starting lineups, the positional ranks come from profootballfocus.com, so it's a very reputable website. For you fantasy guys, they have fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and college stats, team and player pages featuring those PFF stats. The Miami Dolphins PFF page is fantastic. And for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription, all you have to do is go into the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, and leave us a review and leave your Twitter handle in that review, and we will choose one person per week per show to go ahead and get that free $40 value PFF Edge subscription. That's profootballfocus.com. Enter for your chance to win today. So I mentioned we have a guest coming on. I'll have him join here just in a minute. It's Aaron Freeman of the Lockdown Falcons podcast. And if you guys are fans of the show by now, you know my... Schedule basically goes in order on Monday is the 
quick reactions from the game. The five takeaways Tuesday is, is the statistical recap of the same game. Wednesday is the entire film review where I dive deep into the film and give you guys my thoughts over the microphone here, of course. And then Thursday is the preview of the upcoming game, which I mentioned in the open. The Dolphins will be traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons, who are coming off of a bye week. They are 3-1. and one. They just lost their first game of the season to the Buffalo Bills, our divisional rival. Dolphins 2-2. Two and two. Really slow out of the starts, but they've stacked a couple of wins, which is always a good thing to do when you're playing poorly. And since I had such a good chance to dive into that film so deep, I'm going to be joined by Aaron Freeman here in just a second, and he's going to talk to us about the Falcons. It's going to be kind of a give and take, a a double interview, if you will, not really one-sided in that sense. So I'm going to give him some thoughts on the Dolphins. He'll give us some thoughts on the Falcons. We'll probably do a score prediction and all that good stuff at the end. But let's go ahead and get him now on the line, Aaron Freeman of the Lockdown Falcons podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. And we are joined now by Aaron Freeman of the Lockdown Falcons podcast. You can find him on Twitter at FalcFans. And uh, Aaron, how's your day going so far, man? It's going pretty good, Travis. I'm glad to be here talking some football with you. As always. And if you remember back in, the, back in August when I first started doing the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, Aaron and I actually joined up for a crossover podcast for that week one preseason game. And now here we are in week six of the NFL season talking about the Falcons and Dolphins and, and two teams that are really kind of going in opposite directions, Aaron. It does seem that way. The Dolphins certainly haven't uh, been trending to the degree I think people expected them. I remember reading an article by ben, Bill Barnwell at the beginning of the summer uh, talking about how the Dolphins had one of the best arsenals of offensive weapons and to see them basically have probably the worst, if not the worst, one of the weaker offenses in the NFL currently, that's a little bit of a conundrum. So, I, you know, my first question is, how do you explain sort of the offensive um, downfall this season? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you follow me on Twitter. You've, you've probably seen a little bit of my ranting and raving here and there, but I think it begins with the quarterback play. I mean, when, when they first brought Cutler in, I was excited about the familiarity with Adam Gaze and the fact that they can transition over. And I thought that those skill players being what they were and being so dynamic would help them kind of, ease that transition so it wasn't so rocky and it just hasn't been the case that the chemistry's off the timing is off the rhythm is off Jay Cutler's mechanics look as bad as anybody's in football if you ask me and uh, the receivers aren't separating you got Jarvis Landry out there and if you know him he's a very emotional player he wears his emotions on sleeve and he's just it's he looks like a ticking time bomb to me so I think that that rhythm and chemistry is a big problem a big part of the problem the offensive line play in the interior is really really struggling right now and Jay Cutler has no faith in that uh, and then that they can build a pocket for him and his, he's fading away from throws. And like I said, the mechanics are bad. So my question to you with how bad all of those elements are is I know the Falcons, the things I know about the Falcons defense is that they're fast, they're young, and they play pretty hungry ball hawking style of defense. I know Desmond Trufant's one of my favorite cornerbacks in the league. And I'm a big fan of Deion Jones, the linebacker there too, is how do the Dolphins with the problems with separation and the problems in the interior of the offensive line how are they going to be able to handle that Falcons defense? Well, one of the strengths of the Falcons defense is their ability to play man coverage because of players like Trufant on the back end. And so they love playing man coverage against teams 
Um, particularly last week or the last game they played against the Bills, they couldn't play as much because of Tyrod Taylor's mobility. But I think against uh, a, an offense like Miami, they'll be able to play this sort of man-heavy, uh, get into the Dolphins' receivers' faces and, and, and play that style of, of football that they like playing. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I noticed watching Cutler last week was, you're right, it does not seem that he has any confidence in his protection. And it seems like the minute he gets a whiff of pressure, his eye level drops, and he basically gives up on the play to a certain extent. And I think with the Falcons, you know, one of the big improvements they've made defensively this year has been their ability to create pressure. Um, they've missed Big Beasy these last couple of games due to a hamstring injury. It does not sound like he's going to play this week, but it, the, the signs are positive and promising that he will be back on the field for next week's game against the Patriots. But in the meantime, they've gotten steady production from defensive ends like Adrian Claiborne and Tack McKinley and Brooks Reed. And Grady Jarrett has really been coming into his own as an interior pass rusher. So if, if that is an area of weakness for the Dolphins, you know, a, a couple of matchups between Jarrett and guys like Anthony Steen and, and <laughs> Jermon Bushrod, I think will be certainly slanting in the favor of the Falcons to be able to put pressure on the on Cutler and sort of make that offense continue to be out of rhythm this yeah, week. And that's a great point too, because I, I think the Dolphins, <clears throat> as people kind of want to pile on Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James has been a punching bag for a long time. Those guys are actually both playing pretty good. And Tunzel has picked his game up the last couple of, couple of weeks. He was pretty poor to start the season. But you mentioned Gray Jarrett, and that was the first guy I wanted to talk to you about on the defensive line because uh, you know the, the Falcons, they have, I mentioned the speed at the top of the show, they have great ability to move along the defensive line laterally, and that can really disrupt a zone running scheme. And that's been the case for the Dolphins so far this season. And you mentioned Anthony Steen, Jermon Bushrod have just been really, really bad so far. And Mike Pouncey, I don't know if it's the hip or if it's a lack of practice reps or what the deal with him is, but he looks like he's lost a step himself too. So if the Dolphins can't get those guys handled up front, it keeps them in second and third and long. And the way the way the chemistry with the, the passing game right now is going, it just spells disaster. So I, you know, it, 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 for me, it seems like it's going to be a really tough day, a tough day of sledding for the offense once again. I don't see any reason they get it fixed. Well, th- that's going to be one of the questions. My expectation is similar, Travis, but the Falcons are have been known to let me down in the past. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where I feel like the best scenario for the Dolphins is going to be getting significant yardage on first and second down to prevent them from being in those third down situations where they have been downright dreadful this year. And I think they're going to lean heavily, and uh, this is where my question comes in, um, they're going to lean heavily on Jay Ajayi and – with the Falcons, they really sort of have struggled uh, this season and last season as well. When teams have been able to commit towards the run, um, they haven't really been an effective team at stopping the run. It hasn't become a major issue for them for the most part because their offense's ability to score early and get these big leads and force their opponents to abandon the run. Do you feel confident that behind this offensive line with its issues – the combination of Jay Ajayi and, and Damian Williams and, and Kenyon Drake um, could, if they need to put the, the the W, I guess, on their backs, do you feel like they can shoulder that load? Well, I think that you made a good point about bringing up the other two running backs too, and you mentioned the man coverage earlier in the show. 
And Damian Williams, for my money, is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL, but just doesn't really get a lot of publicity for it for whatever reason. But he had a couple of nice catches. He extended a drive last week on a third and seven with the reception. And I think that, you know, a lot of times with man coverage, obviously you have to do, use the backs to beat that man coverage because it kind of frees up the, you know, the flats and everything if you run the right concepts. So I think that he could be a big part of it. And then when it comes to Jay Ajayi, he, even when he has big games last year, it's a lot of runs for no gain, one yard, two yards, but then it's a lot of runs for 10, 15, you know, 20 yards, those, those gash chunk type of plays. And when he gets a good hole and he has a chance to make one guy miss, he's very, very good at doing that. So the Falcons have to come ready to tackle because he's one of the hardest guys in the league to tackle. And if they can create any kind of lane for him to get yardage going, get his legs cranking, he's very tough to bring down. So it's going to depend on how well the Falcons tackle at the second level and on the back end. And if you think they can do that, they can really shut the Dolphins out. Well, you know, this is a, a bonus for you, Travis. They have not been a great tackling team this year, and it's been one of the issues that they've been talking about fixing coming off this bye week. Uh, you know, one of the major issues that they wanted to improve upon is creating more turnovers. But for me personally, I think if they can sort of shore up the tackling, then they will be a lot better in position to sort of create those turnovers because they will have guys uh, flowing to the ball and maybe create those opportunities to, for guys to on the second and third uh, defender to come and rip the ball out and, and create those sort of turnovers. So um, that is an area of concern for the Falcons. Um, and so I think the Dolphins, if they can get their running backs going, they will have some opportunities to sort of exploit the Falcons' defense in a number of ways. Well, based on the way you're talking about it, the, the way I see it going, if, if you know what what you're saying becomes you know comes to fruition on Sunday, I can see the Dolphins having some early success, maybe keeping the game close around halftime with the running game. But then, you know, you mentioned the Falcons are such a ball hawking defense. I can I can really see you know once Jay Cutler has to step up and make a couple of plays, that's where the game probably starts to go south for Miami. Now by the other side of the coin, you know, watching the Falcons offense, and I watch a lot of Matt Ryan tape just because I, you know, I study quarterbacks, kind of my thing, and they're just so much fun to watch and their running game and their running scheme and their misdirection and, and Matt Ryan's ball handling and the play pass and all that good stuff they do. What what was the the main concern with you or for the Falcons that you had in that Buffalo game where the Bills seemed to really kind of have their number in that game? Well, it's, it's an interesting question because right now we're still sort of figuring out what's what's the deal with this offense right now. We haven't had great performances from Matt Ryan the last two games, and that's largely been to, due to the turnovers. They weren't necessarily all his fault. In fact, the majority of them were drop passes um, rather than, you know, bad quarterback decisions. But um, there have been concerns about whether or not the Falcons – offensive game planning and play calling under new offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian is quite up to par to the level of where we've grown comfortable with it the last year or so, which is a lot of play action. They utilized a lot of play action against the Packers and against the Lions, and we saw it be very effective with generating explosive plays against those teams, and they put up 30-plus points in both of those games. Against the Bears and the Bills, they did not play use, utilize as much play action, and we saw the offense sort of stagnate a little bit and look a little bit less explosive. So the interesting thing is going to be whether or not they are able to dial up a little bit more of that play action passing game and try to get some of those big shots that are a hallmark of this Falcons offense, which is when it's at its best, it's more of a explosive sort of offense, and, and defense is so concerned without with giving up the big play over the top 
um, that they it creates opportunities for running backs like Devontae Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman and other uh, weapons underneath. And, and so it's it's basically a pick your poison type of offense when the Falcons are getting going. But that really hasn't been the case um, the last couple of weeks, partially due to the turnovers. Yeah, and that, and that, that, that's something that I think that you guys can really exploit the Dolphins on the Dolphins defenses, the multitude of weapons that you have and the areas of the field that they can attack. Now, the Dolphins, for a long time, at linebacker, have had really, really bad issues in terms of stopping tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, catching the football. And they've gotten better at it since Lawrence Timmons came over. He's actually playing really, really well right now through his first two games after his little uh, adventure in Los Angeles, as I call it. But Kiko Alonso's play has been elevated. But when you put those guys, when you put Kiko back in his zone, he really struggles. And I know the Falcons' man beaters, are, they're some of the best in the league when it comes to using the running backs out of the backfield. But I think my biggest area of concern is you mentioned some of those built-in shot plays they have out of the play-action game is Nate Allen, the Dolphins. He plays single high a fair number of the time, and he has been a train wreck this year, whether it's defending the run or against the pass. So I think if it – now, forgive me for not having the injury report here in front of me, but is Julio Jones, has he been a full go in practice this week so far? He was limited today. Uh, the expectation is that he will play. Um, the hope is, you know, the interesting, it's always hard to glean Julio Jones injury updates because he's constantly injured, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and so there's always like precautionary limiting play. And then there's sometimes like legitimate, oh, he's actually limited play. So it's hard to tell this early in the week um, whether or not this is a precautionary limiting action or uh, legitimate limiting action but the expectation at, at this point in time and we've yet to see any sort of contraindications of it which is um he, he will suit up this sunday and uh will you know have an opportunity to wreak some havoc on your dolphins defense yeah i'm sure he'll get a, a plenty of chances to do that and uh, i know Mohamed sanu is still ailing from an injury as well um my next question was going to be for you was uh, along the falcons offensive line uh you know the dolphins like I mentioned at the top of the show, Devon Godshaw, Godshaw has been really playing well as a rookie on the defensive tackle next to Ndamukong Sue, who is always a beast. He, he plays well every single game. And then also bringing over Will Hayes from the Los Angeles Rams. And then Andre Branch has played pretty well against the run. And then I mentioned Lawrence Timmons and Ray Maluga had a good game against the run last week. So they're having they're doing a really good job of, of maintaining gap integrity and really blowing guys off the ball. And they've those two D tackles inside have been almost immovable at times. And my question to you was going to be, I know that Alex Mack is there, and he's been, you know, kind of a stalwart on the offensive line for the last couple of years. Is are the Falcons getting a good push up front? Has the running game been up to your expectations, and, and what can we expect on Sunday? The running game has been excellent this year. It's it's steadily gotten better each week. Devontae Freeman is playing some of the best football he's played all year long. We've seen flashes from Tevin Coleman as he's often wont to do um, with his speed and his ability to break away long runs as well as a runner and a receiver. Um, the issue with the offensive line has been the right side so far this year, and that's been due to the presence of a first-year starter with Schweitzer and the injury to Ryan, right tackle Ryan Schrader that has kept him out the last two games. Now, Schrader is out of the concussion protocol, and he is expected to suit it up. He's been full go in practice this week. So the expectation is he'll play, and it's just in the nick of time because I, I do think when I look at this Dolphins team, if one particular unit could really throw a, a wrench into the Falcons' um, game plan this week, it is that Dolphins defensive front with Sue, with Cameron Wake, with Branch, with Godshaw, as you say. 
and and sort of their ability to stop the run, which would then make the Falcons a little bit more one-dimensional. And then in the situation with Sanu being out of the lineup and maybe Julio Jones being a little bit nicked up, their passing game may not be quite in the position that it normally has been in past years and in past games where it can sort of pick up the slack without that sort of healthy running game. So I think that will be an interesting matchup to see and seeing if if the Falcons can overcome, you know, the stoutness of the Dolphins front. And that's really been an issue for the Falcons the last year or so, which is most of the games that they've lost have come against teams that were really strong up front in, on the defensive line and were really able to disrupt their offense. And then that opened up opportunities against a less than sort of um, – stalwart defense for other teams to sort of steal the win and whatnot. So it sounds to me like you're, you're somewhat down on the Falcons at this point. Well, it, it is one of those things where like going into this week, I fully expect the Falcons to take control of this game, but there's a part of me that's been yeah. um, bred from 20 plus years of being a Falcon fan of where there have been many games where I'm like, Oh, this, this opponent is a pushover. And then, to watch the team sort of struggle to a win. And so I'm a little bit hesitant to to fully jump headlong into the, the Falcons should roll in this game. But I, I do think the Falcons have enough. But my concerns are the team has been a little bit more up and down than I would want them to be at this point. The defense hasn't quite always lived up to their potential each week. And that was especially the case against Buffalo and the offensive incongruency where it seems like, you know, against Green Bay and Detroit, the offense is on track. And then against Buffalo, it's struggling. And I'm wondering if, you know, the struggles of it it having against Chicago and Buffalo, two of the better defenses they faced this year. And with the Dolphins defense is actually pretty good. And probably, as I'm sure you would agree, the main reason why they're two and two as opposed to 0 and four at this point in time in the season I do wonder if that's going to be an issue that lingers into this week and, and whether this is going to be a pattern where anytime the Falcons face a really good defense, um, things tend to get a little bit uh, off kilter. Yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of the defense being uh, top of the charts. I, it's pretty crazy to think about where the season has gone for the Dolphins too because before the Tannehill injury, I expected this to be a top 10, maybe even top 5 uh, type of offense, but the defense to be you know, way far behind and still kind of in that rebuilding process. Well, the rebuilding process seems to have happened overnight almost, whereas the offense overnight also just fell off the rails completely. And you mentioned being a Falcons fan for 20 years and having having a lot of uh, disappointment and obviously nothing more than than last February. We don't have to get into that anymore. But um, I think that one thing that myself as well as many Dolphins fans kind of hang their hat on, as you know in the NFL, it's not about who you play, it's when you play them. And the Falcons next Sunday get the Patriots again their ultimate revenge game. So I think that our one hope is maybe that the Patriots or the, excuse me, the Falcons are looking ahead a little bit to the Patriots. I don't know how that's going to work out. The, the Dolphins get the Jets for redemption game themselves next week. So maybe they're kind of off, uh, off the, uh, <clears throat> into a trap game too, even though that makes no sense playing the Falcons, but let's get some predictions now, Aaron, what do you, what's your score prediction? How's it going to play out? Give me a, give me your Sunday prediction. Um, for most of this week, I've been giving the score prediction of about a 27-13 win. Um, I feel good about that. I feel like the Dolphins will be able to at least put together one decent drive against this Falcons defense and maybe uh, a couple more and then create some field goals. But I, I expect the Falcons to sort of control this game from the outset. Um, they may not be able to put up a ton of points against a very good Dolphins defense, 
but I do expect this to be, it might be close on the scoreboard for most of the game, but I do think it will be a game where the Falcons are clearly in control. I kind of feel like you uh, read off my notes there because I, I have a 30-13 to 13 score, and my, my prediction was that it would be like 7-13 to 13 or something like that at halftime, and then as the Dolphins' defense continues to have to go back onto the field repeatedly, they start to wear down like, like even good defenses do from time to time. And I think the Falcons take control at the end of the game, like you said, and, and it's 30-13 to 13 at the end of the game. So uh, you guys hear, heard it here first. We both expect a sizable victory for the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, Aaron, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, no, that's about it. I, I, I do wonder a little bit, uh, it's the loss of Devonte Parker. How big a blow that is that is that, and you know, is it not as big a blow given sort of the struggles that the dolphins have had offensively with Parker in the lineup? I completely glossed over that because I had it in my notes and I, I forgot to read it, but, uh, you mentioned the man coverage and, and kind of getting in the face of receivers when it comes to Jay Cutler's trust in this offense, it 100% went through Devontae Parker. And I think you, I mentioned that Jarvis Landry has been really visibly agitated throughout the course of the season. And I think that some of it comes from that. So Devontae Parker is one of the only guy on this team, really, that Cutler trusts to be able to catch a ball when he's covered, when, he, when he's not open, you know. So I think without him, that makes things even harder. And the Dolphins' offense last, last week looked even worse without Parker. He went out on the first or second series of the game, and they, they really struggled to replace him. So, yeah, it's a big deal. I, I don't know what his status is going to be for Sunday. You know, an ankle injury for a rebounding type of receiver, like that's never a good thing, or for any receiver for that matter. But I don't know that he'll play, but, yeah, his loss will definitely be felt. Okay, Travis. <laughs> uh, let my listeners know um, where they can find you on Twitter and if they want to get some uh, verbal jabs out to you this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Please do. I, I welcome all all, uh, all all followers and, and challengers, too. So it's at Wingfield NFL, my, my last name, Wingfield, and uh, at Locked on Fins for the show as well. But I don't really go on that one as much. So, yeah, at, at Wingfield NFL, he is Aaron Freeman, at Falk Fans. And uh, I'll give you the last word here, Aaron. Um, you know, go Falcons, rise up. I hope they, they take care of business this week, and, and hopefully I'm not spending next week instead of talking about the Patriots matchup in the revenge game, talking about how this Falcon team – disappointed me very good thanks a lot for coming on man i had a fun a good time doing it all right man appreciate it so that is aaron freeman of the lockdown falcons podcast at falc fans you can find him on twitter and before we get out of here i gotta do one quick read and then we'll talk about some of the formational changes that i mentioned at the top of the show that the dolphins could go ahead and try to make in order to get themselves into a position to improve this offense and let's start with mybookie.ag and you guys know the drill by now ever since I started this podcast I get asked a lot about betting and it goes beyond the podcast really talking about my college picks my NFL picks whatever it is and the thing I always tell my friends is what's just as important as who you're betting on is the site you're betting through and that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag mybookie has been in business for years the reputation is rock solid they do 100% cash bonuses so off the bat you're making money for doing absolutely nothing and they have the fastest payouts, just two days, which is very, very rare in the industry. They have live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go an absolute breeze. Join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, before we get out of here for the show today, guys, I want to just talk about something that I was kind of thinking about late last night and watching the game again, uh, the Titans game on Sunday, and just looking at the screen operation that Adam Gaze is really trying to hammer home and the fact that the Dolphins are really committed to doing 
that is an extension of the running game and trying to replace the lack of running game with the screenplays. And my biggest gripe, my biggest gripe about it was the personnel they're running out there and having Kenny Stills block for Jarvis Landry. Now, when you run that screenplay from a wide split, when the receivers are split out wide, past the numbers or at the numbers, that's considered a plus split. It's wider than normal. And you're going to stack them. So you're going to have Stills on the line of scrimmage in front and then Jarvis Landry behind him and back. And you're going to throw it out to Landry and he's going to try to get some yards around a Kenny Stills block. Well, the problem with that is Kenny Stills can't block and Kenny Stills is not going to shake off tacklers in the open field. So he's no good in that area. So my thought is put Marquise Gray into the game more. You need to be able to stack and bunch those two players to do that. And Gray is the only tight end on the roster that's a serviceable blocker and a guy that can run a route from that plus split that I mentioned. You need to be able to run different route combinations in order to open that screen. If you just run out there with that personnel without having anything else shown on tape, they're going to know it's a screen pass. They're going to overload that side of the field. They're going to knock it down. So you have to be able to run a couple of concepts against man and zone coverage. A man coverage would be like a pick play, a little rub route, something to get Landry open and against the zone or a, Against the zone coverage, you can run some type of smash concept where Landry takes a corner route or some type of a high-low concept where you have a double crosser, something to that effect where you're opening up lanes and then people see that on tape and then you can go ahead and run that screen game and they're not expecting it to the full extent that they are now. You can really open things up. Secondly, the wildcat formation that we saw on Sunday, I really, really liked the idea of it, especially with Gray in there running it. I think that's a great idea in terms of having someone that can throw the football like he can and be quite a bit of an athlete like he is, and just do something off of that Wildcat look. Just throw something in there where he is, you know, you look at the Chiefs and Andy Reid's offense for what they've been able to do with that similar type of thing where they have a jet sweep motion across the formation. You have the shovel option on the inside. You have the option pitch to the outside. Lots of different ways to get the defense off balance. Adam Gaze is supposed to be this offensive genius. Let's go ahead and start seeing some of that and open the offense up a little bit. All right, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's podcast. And I have to apologize for some sound quality. I hope that sounds okay. I just realized I wasn't plugged in on my microphones. I was just using the computer mic the whole time. But a long show that I can't really go back and re-record. So I hope it's okay. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. And check out 3rd10.com. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll be back on Monday or possibly tomorrow with a bonus episode, depending if I can get my guest in here. That's Ian Wharton. We're talking about doing a show. It'll be either tomorrow or sometime next week, but we'll be back with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast presented by mybookie.ag, your daily dose for Dolphins football. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.